The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is the last Friday of the month. So that means it's time for At the Home Box Office with our pal Steve Stebbing, our, our movie and our TV critic joining us this afternoon. Hey, Steve. Hello. Hey, there you are. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I found you. Hey, how, how are go. things going? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know going what? well. Uh, I mean, things are still weird as far as movies go. We're still, everything's direct to box office. Uh, I believe Cineplex is opening soon. I think next Friday, Landmark is doing the same. They're going to be opening next Friday. But we don't have any new releases right now. And even the first major one, Tenet, uh, was just shifted uh, to August now due to the COVID pandemic picking up a a lot of steam again in the States. So we're still in a weird limbo. But, uh, I mean, I'm back to my day job, so it's kind of business (laughs) as usual. (laughs) <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I get a lot of questions about, hey, Jay, when the, the theaters open back up, are you going to go? And I know my husband and, and my youngest both want to get back to the movie theaters because they love going there. But it's like, okay, well, you know, are you going to be able to have food? Are you going to be able to have drink? Are yeah. you going to have to wear a mask? How far away? So I think there's still a lot uh, for, for folks to figure out. And the big question, yeah, what's going to be shown on the big screens yeah. when the theaters reopen? Well, I think one thing you'll probably want to avoid in theaters for the next little bit is comedies. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and Dr. Hinshaw talked about that. She said, or if you're, and she's our, our chief medical officer of health, and she had said even, or if you're watching a scary movie and you're like, ah, you know, that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but isn't that the word for everything right now, Steve? Interesting. Okay, yeah. we're going to start with m- movies this afternoon, um, and uh, some of the ones that uh, you have have seen on Netflix and different um, video-on-demand stuff. Um, and let's start with, uh, it's called Five Bloods. Let's take a listen. Gentlemen, welcome back to Vietnam. Look what I found. Better man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. We bury it. They don't. We come back and collect. All right, so Steve, this is based on a, on a true story. Tell me about it. Yeah, this is uh, Spike Lee. Uh, this is his first film that he's done for Netflix. And uh, it's about four uh, black Vietnam vets that head back to, to Nam in present day uh, to, to uh, bring the, the body home of their fallen brother as well as uh, a cache of gold that they discovered while there that they buried. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, this has Spike Lee's palpable anger all over it. It is it, brilliantly done, uh, and it's a bit jarring in a lot of scenes. Uh, but I mean, interesting dynamics in this one. Delroy Lindo gives an incredible performance. I mean, if you're looking at Academy Award nominees, he should be at mm. the top of the list. And he plays uh, a black American that's also uh, a mega hat trumper as well, which uh, they delve into that as well and kind of the irony of that situation. Uh, and uh, this movie's phenomenal. It's not going to be for everybody, so I take it with a grain of salt. This is Spike. He's raising his fist up, and he is mad. 
All right. So that one's called uh, The Five Bloods. And and I've seen uh, commercial, commercial trailer after trailer after trailer about this next one. And I've been wondering whether or not it's going to be any good or not. It's called The King of Staten Island. You know Pete Davidson from SNL in it. Let's take a listen. I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? Uh, You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you can tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. The King of Staten Island, and I'm not a huge Pete Davidson fan, even on SNL. Steve, I have to be honest with you on that one. Um, This one just seems, and that's from two minutes on TV that I've seen. What do you think? Well, this one's Judd Apatow that wrote wrote and directed this one with Pete Davidson. And uh, Judd has a penchant from grabbing uh, kind of the hottest next and up and coming uh, comedian and and putting them as a lead of a movie, just like he did with uh, Amy Schumer in Trainwreck, uh, Seth Mm. Rogen in Knocked Up. And uh, this is basically pulled directly from, uh, inspired by Pete's uh, real life. His father was a, a firefighter that died in 9-11, uh, which kind of informed uh, most of his life. Uh, and, I, I mean, the movie is like two and a half hours almost, and it does feel bloated. Really? It feels like it could be trimmed. But, I mean, that is true for, I think, all of Judd Apatow's movies. that feel like <laughs> they kind of just stretch on a bit too long. But Davidson's actually quite good in this one. Uh, I think the star of this movie is Bill Burr, who plays uh, the firefighter that's trying to move in on his mom, played by uh, Marissa Tomei. Okay, so that one's called The King of Staten Island. Again, Pete Davidson in it from SNL. I want to move on to Greyhound, which is on Apple TV+. And um, and you're a little choked with this one because, you're, <laughs> uh, as you said, you're a huge movie fan, but COVID-19 mm-hmm. is, is, is robbing us of seeing a possibly, and these are your words, a possibly incredible new World War II film on the big screen as it was intended. Again, it's called Greyhound. Let's take a listen. Escort to Greyhound. You will now be out of range of air cover for the next five days. How many crossings does this make? This is my first. I got some. Most likely a U boat. He's trying to slip under us! Fire! We have a kill. Distress rocket, sir. directly on the convoy. Okay, Steve. I mean, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's got to be good. What did you think of it? Well, I, I really enjoyed it. And not only that, it's Tom Hanks doing World War II with his company exactly. Playtone uh, <laughs> producing it. Uh, a new director, Aaron Schneider, is at the helm of this one. But yeah, Hanks plays an inexperienced uh, Navy captain during World War II that has to band together his allied forces to defend themselves from uh, a squad of uh, Nazi U-boats. And so it's taken World War II and combining with another uh, niche World War II stuff that I like, submarine movies, which is kind of a very (laughs) tiny niche, but I love them. I love the claustrophobia of them. I I love uh, just the danger of being out in the open water and anything can happen. Uh, And honestly, this is really the only reason to get Apple TV Plus, which has had just a bumpy ride since it was launched last year. So if you don't have it already, maybe get it, watch Greyhound, and then kind of cancel it. But you didn't get that from me. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. I want to jump over to this one because, boy, oh, boy, I remember when this movie came out so many years ago. Um, Showgirls. I mean, it was such a <laughs> let's let's, you know, OK, Showgirls was such a bad movie. It was such a bad movie, but it has this cult following uh, just these people that have absolutely, you know, fallen in love with it and, and, and rank it up there for some reason. Now, there's um, there's a, a look back at the cult following. It's called You Don't Know Me. Here it is. OK, yes, it's a failed movie. Where are you from? But it adds up to something. Different places. A type of comedy I don't think you can make on purpose, which makes it very rare and valuable. I hadn't seen something so perfectly bad in years. It was done. Civilization had done its job. Showgirls is also signaling to fans of Paul Verhoeven that it's like his other films. So, Nomi, right, was the, yeah. the girl that uh, Elizabeth Berkley uh, played in Showgirls. Tell us about this. It dives into this cult following, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a terrible movie, an yes. unintentionally hilarious movie, a movie that I snuck into at the age of 13. I will fully <laughs> admit that now. Sorry, Cineplex. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's gained its cult status because it is such a gonzo movie. Because this is a, a Paul Verhoeven and Joe Esserhaus kind of following up on the success of Basic Instinct, which in his own right was a, a sexy movie. And they're like, okay, well, we want to tackle the L.A., uh, the Las Vegas showgirl scene, which didn't go very well at all. And it's really sad that the only damage that came from this movie all landed on Elizabeth Berkley's shoulders. Yeah. She was unable to obtain work for more than a decade and a half afterwards. So, I, I mean, it should have landed on Verhoeven, but it didn't. He got Starship Troopers right after it, so it, he didn't yeah. get, lose a step at all. So did it open your eyes a little bit to it? Like, what was it that, um, that um, you said this movie astounded you? What astounded yeah. you about it? Well, I just... Just the fact that it, I, I mean, it inspired a whole drag show that has been going on for years now in San Francisco. Uh, and, and of course, a comedy telling, which they go into good detail, uh, Showgirls, the stage play, which is uh, a comedian basically uh, working through her own kind of catharsis through Showgirls, which really kind of made her feel better about her her own life and her own deal with sexual assault and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's interesting to see what aspects that people grasp onto from mm -hmm. this movie because I know a lot of people that love Showgirls and I, I still don't understand why. Uh, I'm waiting for, I, after watching this, I, I, I'm still waiting for my Blu-ray copy to come in the mail because I was like, yeah, no, I got to check it out again. Steve Stebbing checking in this afternoon. He is 63 Chet Afternoons, resident movie, TV, film critic, and we appreciate You can always uh, find out uh, more of what he's recommending, what he's thinking about movies TV-wise at stevestebbing.ca. We're going to move on to TV right now. We only have about six minutes left, so we'll roll through these ones pretty quick. But I have to ask you, are you watching Alone, The Arctic? Uh, no, I haven't yet. No. I've heard a lot of oh. a lot of people. Uh, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about that one, but I, yeah, I yeah. haven't. I haven't come across. It. I, there was a documentary that was on uh, on uh, Super Channel that I thought was really interesting. Basically, a guy with a camera going across the Canadian yeah. wilderness. That's the closest I got. 
<laughs> yeah, my husband and I have liked the Alone uh, series that they've done over the past couple of years, and this one's been interesting as well. Uh, all right, let's start uh, with this one. It's on Crave and Blu-ray. Uh, it's Watchmen, and uh, you're loving it. Uh, let's take a listen. Soon thou shalt save us, and we will whisper. We convinced ourselves that they were gone, but they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Oh, please. Coordinated simultaneous attacks at the homes of Tulsa PD. So the cops hide their faces, and now the bad guys don't know where they live. And who doesn't want a secret identity? And Steve, you say that uh, you think it's not only the best superhero television show ever made, but it may be one of your favorite HBO series ever made. What's so great about it? Uh, I mean, this is a, uh, a accompanying piece to uh, not the Watchmen movie from uh, over 10 years ago, but the original landmark graphic novel from the early 80s. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's uh, it's created by uh, Damon Lindelof. This uh, this version, and uh, as far as being out, just a one season contained series, uh, it, it ranks up there with like Six Feet Under, Carnival, Sopranos. Like it's just some of the best television that HBO has ever made, and it's such so in tune uh, to the the problems of now, especially uh, I mean, with everything with the Black Lives Matter and the police and everything. I mean, the whole series starts off with the Black Wall Street massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. So uh, very, very, very uh, in the news right now, and uh, uh, the education of a lot of people because I, I hadn't, I honestly didn't know about it until watching The Watchmen. All right, so that one is The Watchmen. We're going to head on to The Good Place. I'm not going to play the trailer for it because I want to get through a couple of these, but The Good Place, one of your favorite uh, comedies in recent years, and it Absolutely. was um, created by Brooklyn Nine-Nine's uh, Michael Shore. Yes, uh, who who came from The Office. Uh, he was one of the head writers of The Office, and, I mean, that's an embarrassment of riches. you got Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> and The Good Place running at the same time. And, like, it's brilliant. And, I mean, the cast here, you have Kristen Bell, uh, Ted Danson uh, and uh, Jamila Jamil, who's very funny in this. And then two uh, emerging stars out of this one, uh, Manny Jacinto and William Jackson Harper, rounding out this incredible cast. And it's insane. It's irreverent and not a bad episode in it. All right, so we'll have to check that one out. And this is interesting because there was a lot of controversy about this series when it first came out, um, and I suspect it might still be a little bit controversial, but the, the final season of 13 Reasons Why, it was um, a Netflix show, right, a Netflix series, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're, they're wrapping it up. You thought it was, um, was pretty good. Yeah, and I mean the the the, the final season is a, is a it's changing gears quite a bit from the previous th- uh, three seasons, and yeah, it was controversial just because I, I think people don't want to talk about teenage suicide and stuff like that openly. But if we don't have the dialogue, then we're just ignoring it. And I think Thirteen Reasons Why brings it to the forefront, makes it incredibly real, uh, and you know it. it, it opens that door, I, you know, because yeah. we never know until it's too late. 
Uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you about um, uh, AMC's new show. It's called Quiz, and yeah. and I love things that come from from Britain. Um, yeah. And and this one sounds really interesting because people have been watching game shows. Yeah. forever they're hugely popular and this dives into it doesn't it yeah this is this is about the creation of who wants to be a millionaire which kind of mm. uh led that last revolution uh, of new game shows because i mean to that point we were just like jeopardy wheel of fortune prices right like kind of the same old thing this revolutionized it 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 was bigger than missing uh the the weakest link it was bigger than all those ones but yeah. this series is also about the creation of that but also people who cheated that system to build <laughs> millions out of out of the, the uh the prize holders. Uh, you're also saying that we need to watch Laurel Canyon on Crave, yeah. and again, it's a it's a music doc. We don't have much time, but quickly tell us about it. Yeah, this is uh, this is the emergence of rock and roll sound out of uh, an area in LA, Laurel Canyon. Uh, this is where the Birds came from. This is where Mamas and Papas relocated from New York to make their yeah. signature sound. California Dreamin' only came because they moved to LA to write that song uh, and I mean it's it's the, the one of the greatest eras of music where every artist was like helping each other which is almost like unheard of now everyone kind of wants to keep to themselves so it's a reminiscent of, of an era of love and understanding and acceptance and you know what? I know you know my, uh, my the, the the great members of Chedville, as as we call it here. They <laughs> love their music, and we get mm-hmm. talking about music all the time. So anytime there's a music doc, I'd love to sit down and and yeah. watch it, or sit down and and see it. But I would agree with you on that one. Okay, stevestebbing.ca is the website. More information, what he's recommending, check it out. It's at the home box office with Steve. Steve, thanks for this. We'll talk to you again next month. Always a pleasure.